What's up, y'all? Over here at The Bunt, we're very proud to be presented by our good friends at Van Shoes, the original since 1966. And today we're going to talk to you a little bit about the Vans Pro Classics. We're talking Vans Classic silhouettes with upgraded cushioning and durability for maximum performance in the streets. Identified with their distinctive Pro Classic label package, Vans Pro Classics are built to last longer with reinforced abrasion areas and provide the extra support and cushioning demanded to make it pop in the streets. My personal favorite are the old school triple black pro classics. It's like the board feel of wearing socks, but with ultra cush impact protection and that Duracap durability. Goddamn. If y'all have ever seen Dono in them streets, you know them shoes do their job. My man's fresh to death, you feel me? And if y'all ever seen my boy Safer in the streets, you know those switch trays could be taken to the next level with just a little bit of pro classics from Vans. And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. Ho, ho, ho. Y'all know it's the goddamn holidays, so you know we're bringing you an extra special episode today. I'm D. Jones. He's the ghost. And as always, Ant's one behind the scenes. It's a cool thing still. My dog, what we got popping today? I wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy <laughs> New Year. Yeah, that's my Ike Mouse uh, rendition. Uh, we got... You know what I'm saying? Uh, what do we got this week? We got sports, the usual. We got the one and only legendary Brian Anderson in the building. And y'all know we answering your questions at the post office. <laughs> the fuck do you think this is, nigga? <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to both of our mothers for swearing so early in the show. All right, y'all. Let's get into it. Before we get down to business, you know what I'm saying? Yo, like us on Facebook at The Bunt. Follow us on Instagram at The Bunt Live for fun videos and, you know, all kinds of Merry Christmas shit. Uh, <laughs> and definitely send your emails to TheBuntLive at gmail.com. Yeah, that's our email, Safe. All right, yeah, yeah, turn up, y'all. Send and them yo, in. For the Christmas spirit, you know, as a Christmas present to us, tell a friend to tell a friend about The Bunt, y'all. Let's get this listenership up. You feel me? <laughs> oh, I feel you, dog. All right, this week on the show, we got the one and only No Limit Soldier, Brian Anderson. Always been a favorite of mine because, you know, as a Canadian growing up, my love for hockey. The man skates in hockey jerseys all the time. One of the most iconic clips I could ever think of. Frontside Blunt at Shell Park in the Wayne Gretzky jersey. I'm just hyped to have him on the show. Hey, man. Pro for Nike. Anti-hero. BA is a straight legend. He's in the tall skate crew like us, so you know we got a special place in our heart for the big homie. Y'all know the song, yeah right? Fucking one of the best video parts ever. I know everyone downloaded that and threw it on their MP3 back in the day. So without further ado, yo, BA, let's get it. We got Brian Anderson on the show today. What's going on, my dog? 
just living in Queens and uh, getting ready for the rest of the week. I'm going to go to San Francisco and go Ooh. to the Skater of the Year, uh, the Thrasher Skater of the Year party on uh, Wednesday. I'm flying out there and going to go see everybody at Thrasher Mag on Thursday, then go to Deluxe and say what's up to everybody. I haven't been out there since I got on Antihero, so it's going to be cool to say hello and uh, thank you and high fives all around at, at, at the Deluxe uh, plant. And then go skating in the afternoon, and then Friday, uh, just rest up and get ready for the Sodi party. So I'm stoked. Hell yeah. A former uh, Sodi yourself. What do you think of Kyle Walker? Amazing. I have to admit, I'm going to watch all these new videos when I get on my flight <laughs> to go out there. Um, so, but I did see, you know, the mega kink uh, oh. grind and Ollie out at the end and, and, uh, I think I read a funny thing on Tony Trujillo's Instagram that where he said, if this guy doesn't get Sodi, I'm going to vomit on the front steps of high speed. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. The guy's uh, an animal, and uh, the skating he's done this year is, is great, and so he totally deserves it. So it's going to be cool to be there and say what's up. Definitely. So tell us more about these Sodi parties. Is it like all former Sodis and, and their friends? Is it super VIP kind of thing? Yeah, every year it's different. I mean, not everybody can show up, but you never know. Like, Chris Sen might be there or, uh, you know, Reynolds. Like, a lot of people don't end up going because of their schedules and whatnot. But uh, you always see a few people come out of the woodwork, and it's always a good time. So, And I lived there for 12 years, so it's always great to go back to SF and uh, just give everybody a hug and, like, be around the camaraderie. I love it. So random nobodies such as myself can't just walk in there, huh? Uh, I don't know. You probably have to wait in line, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we start off every show the same. What's your favorite skateboard and your favorite sports moment? The first thing off the top of my head is Mark Gonzalez sliding that uh, double kink in the blind video. Sports moment. Oh, God. Uh, probably when uh, either the guy throwing a no-hitter on acid, uh, whatever his name is, uh, in baseball, or... The guy throwing the pitch and a bird flies in, in, in the middle and the bird explodes. Um, not because I love death or uh, <laughs> carnage, but I was like, wow, how did that happen? That'll never happen again. We had a guy in uh, on our last season that uh, said the same thing, Brian Delaney from Boston. That was his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Something about you Brian's and dead birds, yo. <laughs> Weirdos. <laughs> so you grew up in Connecticut. How was that? And uh, how'd you get into skating down there? Growing up in Connecticut, I mean, I first started skating probably in 1986 when I was 10 years old. And I had a small dead-end street by my house, and I built my own ramps, my own rail side bars. And that was a time where if you walked around town and saw somebody else with an ollie hole on their shoes, you were blown away. Like, wait, there's other skaters? <laughs> but we were really lucky. A lot of my friends and I, uh, we were able to skate behind a supermarket, and they would have old um, display cases that they were throwing out. And we would make like little jump ramps out of them, and we waxed up a curb, and we got left alone back there. So that that's what it was like. And there were no skate parks. Uh, a couple friends had ramps, and uh, we just made the best out of it. <laughs> Probably like in Canada, you know, it's snowing all the time in the winter, and you're like, "What are we gonna do? You gotta sweep the snow away and do your best." <laughs> yeah, head into those parking garages. Who knows? Yeah, definitely. Oh my God, we spent so much time in parking garages, and. Uh, on little curbs, and that's where I learned a lot of curb tricks. So 
really thankful to have grown up there. You know, it was great. Oh yeah. So Toy Machine was your first sponsor. How did that come about? It came about through Donnie Barley, and um, I had I was about to go to culinary school in Vermont, and then uh, Donnie Barley was already on tour with Toy Machine and starting his career, and he told me, "You got to go to California one more time, check it out." And then I made a sponsor me video and did the frontside blindside on Hubba Hideout, and uh, uh, I finished a couple other tricks and made a sponsor me tape and sent it to Jamie Thomas and Ed, and it went from there. Jeez, got it into the right hands. Yeah, next thing I knew, I was in San Diego and I was staying at Jamie's house with um, Alyssa Steamer. I met her at the airport with Jamie, and uh, Muska was there, Donnie was there, Steve Olson. The shorty Steve Olson, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it was a good group of people at that time. It was so fun being in a uh, Pacific Beach. Like we just skated all day and skated the mini ramp at the Foundation Warehouse, and uh, then we finished Welcome to Hell and we went on tour. And uh, that's how it started. Well, props to Donnie Barley for uh, making sure you stayed into skating and had the legendary career you had for all of us to appreciate. That's my brother. <laughs> that's sick. So. You had a couple of video parts with Toy Machine. You guys had an awesome crew. What spurred the switch over to girl skateboards? That was really tough. I mean, I I always say that I didn't never I never wanted to abandon uh, Toy Machine or anything, but there came a time where Ed was pursuing his art, and Bam and Maldonado and Carrie decided to leave, and uh, it was just myself, Brad Staba, and Austin, and we were like. I just told Ed, I was like, I I really need to be around a team that has people that, you know, are already doing a lot of things. And and, uh, it just felt like the right thing to do to go to girl. And uh, I was already on four stars. So I was kind of in the building, so to speak. Right. And uh, so, you know, it hurt. I mean, obviously, people have heard these stories before, but it sucked to tell Ed that I want to leave. But, um, you know, I think he respected that. And, uh, and Rick Howard was like, holy shit, I don't want to, like, bum Ed out. Like, you know, I, Rick's like, I respect Ed. And I was like, you know, I'd, I'd rather go forward and be with this big team that, you know, I can just be a part of that. And uh, they already have McCrank and all these good people and Jerron and Biebs and everybody. So, um, yeah, I just decided, like, this is the best next move for me at that point in my career. And uh, I'm glad I did it. And Ed and I are still great good friends and uh you know things change people quit jobs people leave offices people leave businesses like it's a natural progression so it was hard it sucked but you know it felt like the greatest thing to do and uh it was <laughs> definitely so you had uh, a pretty legendary part in yeah right and your ender was filmed on the all green board did that just happen spontaneously while you guys were filming uh that whole section or was it planned uh, no, I didn't plan on uh, doing that uh, fakey varial flip that day, but it was funny. It was just natural because we were with all our buddies, like Chico, everybody, Chocolate, all these homies were there that day. And uh, they gave me a larger size board that was green so I could actually <laughs> do the other skits, you know? Yeah. And uh, the board felt comfortable halfway through the day, and I was like, shit, I'm going to try this fakey varial flip that I've never done down whatever it was, like eight or ten stairs. I think it was the nine, yeah. Yeah, and um, so it just worked out, you know, as things do, um, serendipity, you know, and uh, 
yeah, I mean, that part worked out so great, and it was it was a good time. And Ty, you know, that was a time where everybody was really secretive. There was no Instagram, so I didn't see anybody else's part in that video until the premiere, you know. So Ty brought me into his studio and showed me most of my part, and he only let me see it for, like, a half hour. And he's like, are you cool with everything? And I was like, yeah, and he's like, all right, it's done. <laughs> So, um, yeah, that just it randomly happened. I mean, I was not planning that. <laughs> That's so sick that uh, he wouldn't show you the rest of the parts and you actually had, like, a full-on premiere just like everybody else? Oh, yeah, exactly. You are, like, seeing it with fresh eyes, like how all the other um, peers and fans and other folks in the industry are being invited to the thing. We, we all saw it with fresh eyes. Oh, Yeah, it was great. That's amazing. You must have been mind blown because that's one of the best videos, hands down, of all time in skateboarding. Yeah, I was really proud. It was really creative, you know. Um, Bebo Allian, like over that street, and like I didn't know any of that stuff happened, you know. So yeah, it, it was it was a surprise, and I was I was flattered, honored, and stoked to be a part of it. It was good. After Girl, you took a chance, went out on your own, and did 3D. What spurred that decision, and then what happened in the end there? I think the reason that I thought to do that was because um, I didn't feel lazy or anything, but I'm trying to think. I'm 40 now, so when I tried to, when I started 3D, I think I was like 36, and I didn't feel like anybody else on Girl was being lazy or you know we were milking anything, but. I thought, what am I going to do in the future? Like, I want to do something. I don't, you know, I don't want to just sit around and film a few tricks here and there and get a paycheck. So I was like, I want to challenge myself. And, uh, and you know, I've always done sketches and had a sketchbook. And so I thought, I want to make my own board graphics and, like, have a company. And Brad is my good old friend. So there couldn't be a greater place to try and start that with him. Um, and it was fun, and we gave it our all. You know, we went to every trade show. We decked out our booth, like, really well. We busted our ass to do all the graphics on time and get them printed and screened and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it was fun. But, you know, at that time, it was a it was a tough market. Shortly after we did that, FA happened, and all these other small brands happened, and um, a lot of skate shop walls became crowded with new small things. Right. So it became difficult to like sell all these boards, even though people had my back and they loved Austin and, uh, you know, our little team and Tom K and everything we had going. But, um, I just decided like with Brad, I was like, you know, I don't live in California. I want to be in New York. And I just, I, I felt like we gave it our all. And, uh, I was like, I'd rather just, let things flow and let him do skate mental and tired. And, uh, I, you know, I was happy to just leave 3d and just, I, I wanted to ride anti-hero boards and just be a skater, you know, because I was lucky enough to have a great contract with Nike. So I wasn't stressing off of money per se. And it just slowly worked out and it was really quiet. You know, I talked to Cardiel, I talked to Julian and, um, and they were like, let's just sit on this for a little bit because Anti-Hero is huge. They have a big team. And uh, I was like, yeah, I mean, I'm in no rush. You know, I'm like, I'm going to ride your boards regardless for the rest of my life. Like, I love Anti-Hero. 
And so um, some time went by, and they were like, this is the right thing to do. So it worked out. That's amazing. So like you said, now you're on Antihero. How do you like it over there? How's it working out? Um, it's really good because, you know, being with Spitfire for so long and living in SF, even when I was on Girl, I rode anti-hero boards because I like that wood better. So um, Rick and Mike were really cool about me just riding anti-hero boards and putting Girl stickers over the graphics <laughs> and <laughs> because we're all friends. But, yeah, I mean, I, I just I really love that wood and uh, – Everything's good. I mean, they were really cool in the beginning. I was psyched to have Lance Mountain do one of my first graphics. And uh, the other graphic that was done by, uh, what's his name, uh, yeah, Todd Francis. Um, that was fun because Julian and I were kind of talking about that on the down low, how we are going to make that like a parade scenario and putting the, the necklace of 3D girl and toy machine like where i came from um and the cool thing is you know not toot my own horn but i'm glad i kept good relationships with a lot of those old sponsors you know mm -hmm. so i think when everybody is adult about it and knows that people move and make changes like it all just worked out great and um yeah now we're um, we're gonna go to uh, new zealand in february so that'll be my first Ooh. official anti-hero trip and they're finishing a video so it's it's great i mean i love being there i love jim thebo i love everybody that works there and just gonna keep going i mean for the next 10 years at least <laughs> hell yeah hell yeah yeah So over the years, have you ever thought about or come close to riding for Skate Mental? Um, yeah, of course I thought about it because me and Brad go way back. But um, yeah, not not totally. And, and it was funny when I told him I didn't want to do 3D anymore. He was like, of course I have to tell you that you can ride for Skate Mental like tomorrow morning. <laughs> uh, and I'm like... Oh man, thanks so much. But you know what? I was like, I'd rather be your friend and just like not. Even though our business relationship was great, I was like, you know what, dude? Like, we're getting older. Let's just like go forward. And I love skate metal. <laughs> it's awesome. And uh, but I'd just rather pursue some different. You know. You didn't want Brad coming at you for clips, ruining your friendship. <laughs> no. No, it's just, it's it's tough, man, when there's deadlines and, um, you know, different ideas and, like, you have to go through the person who's working on the art and uh, developing graphics and you are having different opinions about accessories and, like, a lot comes with it, you know, so. Um, do you have a crazy Brad Staba story for us, by any chance? So many, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the one that everybody's probably heard, my my favorite one is um, us flying home from Europe. Yeah, just Brad being himself, and we're stuck on a shitty flight, and he threw all these peanuts and uh, his whole party mix of uh, mixed nuts in this woman's hair in front of us. And I just had to <laughs> stare at it and go, oh, my God. But, um, you know, I just, uh, I guess, you know, me being his uh, older brother, he never had, you know, I, I did all his dishes. I broke down all the boxes that came to our house and, um, you know, I put up with him and he put up with me and, uh, you know, it's cool that we, um, have been so close forever and, uh, it's cool, you know, like we both have weird parents and upbringing and, uh, I'm just stoked that, you know, 
we're able to talk about that stuff and, and get through life in that way. <laughs> Hell That's yeah. Dope. Always good to have a brother. Yeah. Like me and Saifa. <laughs> All right. So a lot of people skate in jerseys, some people football and basketball, but it seems like your choice is a hockey jersey. Why so? You're a big fan? Um, no, I don't know much about hockey, but I think being uh, six foot three or four, I just uh, always dug the shape of them, and uh, I love embroidery. And uh, they are a jersey you can wear in the summer, even when it's hot, because they're like aerated. <laughs> but um, yeah, I just made one for Nike for spring seventeen with a drawing I did, and that's going to come out. I referenced a Slayer jersey I have, a Slayer hockey jersey. So I sent it to Nike to use that fitting. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I just love those long sleeves, man, and uh, the the big shoulders. <laughs> but, yeah, a lot, a lot of people can't wear them because, like, uh, they're, 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 made, they're made to have, like, pads inside them and shit. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm feeling them. One of my... Uh favorite skate memories was uh you're at uh oakville park is a demo in the rain in ontario and you're skating in a wayne gretzky oilers jersey you remember that one yeah i certainly do <laughs> what a day you shut the demo down with the front blunt you're like the great one yourself <laughs> i always gotta skate in the rain man no matter what the demo brings us so now you're living on the east coast again in new york and during the long winters how do you do it man I'm lucky that I have uh, my friend Frankie who works at uh, House of Vans and uh, I can skate there in the winter. And then last year, Nike had a building which we could go skate at. And being a sponsored skater, like oftentimes I get to leave and go to L.A. or Miami or whatever. Um, but I always keep uh, a board that uh, I have with cruiser wheels so I can skate it through the winter in the slush, sleet, snow. And uh, I never, ever let the temperature or the weather stop me. So when I go out to do errands, I always have my kind of crappy rainboard thing. And uh, at least I get to roll around every day and, like, do all my stuff and still ride a board, you know. So it keeps my legs going. And I go to the gym a couple of days a week and just try to eat healthy. Man, we fall into those, uh, sometimes those depressed winter days, 10-plus hours on the couch, it ain't easy, man. It ain't for everyone. Yeah, them Cali guys don't know uh, don't know the struggle we live. Oh yeah, I know. People are like uh, living in Cali, like oh manana, manana, manana. We'll do it tomorrow. You know, that's the best part about you know growing up in these parts. It's like when summer comes, you make sure you skate all day, every day. Go to the beach, do everything because you're like it's about to be winter again. Yeah. Winter is coming. Yeah, I was supposed to join the gym today, but I pushed it back. You know, manana. <laughs> <laughs> you got all winter now tomorrow yeah tomorrow promise myself so obviously everyone listening to this probably knows uh you came out recently as gay how has your life changed since um i got hit up by a lot of different media that i'd never been like uh in touch with before and um it's been cool I kind of picked and choose like people I wanted to talk to. And, um, you know, now I've been doing so much and talking to so many people. I really look forward to that just being like something I brought up to get it out there on the open and like out on the table. And then, um, you know, I just want to skate for, you know, the next 10 years at least. And, uh, I knew there was going to be a big wave of, um, discussion and uh media and uh now um i'm just getting through it and then i just want to be the same guy i always was 
you know? And I'm fortunate that all these people have my back. And um, I don't know. I think, you know, the good thing is uh, I'm realizing that I'm probably helping a lot of people that maybe were unsure if they would have support. And I've been getting involved in a lot of uh, charities and people that um, try to help, you know, people that are struggling to help prevent them from committing suicide and all this stuff. So um, it's been good. You know, it's really rewarding. And, um, you know, I'm, I hate to say this, but I mean, when you talk about yourself, you have to mention everything, but I'm pretty humble, you know, like I just, I like to have my good friends around me and, and, and all that jazz. But yeah, it came with a lot of new territory, a lot of new questions and stuff, but um, it's been good. You know, and I'm lucky that I'm in a city like New York where when I do walk around after this stuff came out, um, all these people are just shaking my hand and asking for a selfie and, like, saying, you did something great, you know? So it will be different, you know, in the future if I'm in middle America and, you know, there's some homophobic drunk skateboarders at a park and they're probably going to say something weird from time to time. But, uh... You know, I'm lucky that everybody has my back, and uh, I'm not a fighter. I don't want to get in confrontations, but if those things happen, I think we'll, uh, I'll be with my crew, and, you know, everybody will, like, defend me and, and help with that. And, uh, yeah, it's just, it's still the beginning, you know, so it's, it's, it's different. But I think it's going to be all right. Absolutely. Definitely, man. That was a, a great thing you did, especially for, like you said, the people out there that have their own struggles. It's always good to see someone who's, you know, in a higher platform do something like that to give them strength to do what they need to do. Yeah. So uh, props for that, definitely. Big thanks. No, and I think here's the thing. Like, I think a lot of people that don't think they know anybody that's gay, you know, like their fucking nephew is probably gay or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. they don't even know that. And uh, I think, like, a lot of people that do too much PDA, like, I think that's what frustrates a lot of straight people, you know? Like, oh, my God, I don't want to see this, like, these two guys making out on the subway. Or I don't want to see, like, these lesbian girls, like, holding each other's hands or whatever. It's like, I don't either, you know? I don't want to see. I don't want to see anybody, like deep tonguing on the freaking subway you know like uh, that goes for straight people too <laughs> that's across the board but i mean like if you want to hold someone's hand and like give them a little hug that's cool but i mean i think when people slowly realize that like just because you're gay or lesbian bi trans whatever like it doesn't mean you're a pervert and it doesn't mean that you're you know wanting to put everything in everybody's face and i think my hope is that slowly people learn from that and go, we're all, we all bleed. You know what I mean? We're all just, we're humans. You know what I mean? And, um, so, you know, you can only hope for the best going forward. I wish you the best going forward, man. But once again, respect for, for that. That was huge. Cool. Thank you. Over the years though, I feel like it came out within like maybe the skate nerd community that you were gay. There was rumors at first and then when I heard that you came out officially, I was like, oh, I, I thought like people already knew that for the most part. I didn't realize. Were you aware that like people knew before, like maybe people that you hadn't told? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, everybody was talking about it silently, you know what I mean? And it just wasn't written about in magazines and stuff. Right. So I knew like thousands and thousands of people already knew. But uh, 
I just want it to be, I really want it to be out for like kids. And, you know, also my hope is like, think about, you know, when you think about there's a certain percentage of gay people that aren't out in sports in any genre, music, art, whatever, you know, think about how many people in the NBA, the NHL, the NFL are closeted and going through this torment, you know, in their mind. So I'm, I just hope that like that could help people maybe get a grasp on it and decide to maybe talk to their families and just get it out. And I understand there's a lot of people that come from parents and grandparents that are religious and they are like, oh my God, I can never tell my grandma. She's going to freak out. She's going to have a heart attack, you know? So I get that. And um, I think just starting a wave is, is, is a good thing. Absolutely. Most definitely, I'm sure. I'm sure you uh, paid close attention to Jason Collins too, the NBA player who yeah. came out a couple of years ago. That was awesome as well. You're one of the longest standing Nike riders. How did that relationship begin? Um, okay, so when I finished Savier, I had to do a legal agreement and get out of my contract, and um, that was fine. And then I just kind of rode whatever shoes. I rode Lakai, and um, then I wore, uh, I wore a pair of Dunks like that I got from Foot Locker. And I think I went to, I don't remember what skate video premiere, but Kevin Yamamura from Nike saw me wearing them and he just kind of gave me a wink like, what's up? Do you want to <laughs> wear those? <laughs> and uh, and so um, that happened. And I, yeah, that was over 10 years ago. And um, yeah, we just talked about it. I flew up there and they were like, join the team. You know, and I already loved Reese and Gino and Chet Childress and uh Safa. Yeah, um <laughs> Todd Jordan, um Danny Supa, you know, um Richard Mulder and um so it was like it was like cool. It was already people I loved, you know. So yeah, that just happened and then they were making dunks and um it just kept going and going, obviously. So it became it blossomed into a cooler thing and they gave me so much freedom, and uh, of course, that's where I'm going to be probably forever. <laughs> so Nike's gone from back then, it was like a core group of carefully picked riders, to now having the biggest team in skateboarding. What are your thoughts on the growth of Nike over the years? I mean, I realize that like, uh, you know, they're going to pick new people, and new people be become successful in street league and in, in the industry, and uh you know, I'm glad that they stay true, and a lot of people that work there are skaters, you know? So I never had a hard time when I go into meetings or I go show up at campus because I'm like, oh, cool. All these people that work here are still skaters. And, of course, when something is successful and good and they make great sneakers and that's not just them selling me their kool-aid you know like they feel the best on your feet so of course more and more people are going to want to come on board but yeah i'm i'm cool with it and it's really cool they tastefully got people like lance mountain you know and uh they let grant taylor work on a shoe and and cory kennedy and uh so i mean yeah, I mean, I dig it, you know, it's an opportunity to like go forward and make, 
I mean, now I'm with their apparel and, uh, I, I dig it, man. Cause that's what I want to do further. Like after Nike is like, I want to make clothing and stuff. So it's like, um, I'm getting involved in learning about designing apparel and all that stuff. So for me, it's, it's just great. It's a natural progression to be with them. Can we expect uh, a new shoe coming from you sometime in the future? I don't know about a new shoe because the last one I made was so expensive. <laughs> it didn't sell in uh, Australia <laughs> and overseas. And, uh, but I, I mean, I don't care about that. You know, it was fun. It was a really cool outlet at the time. And the designers that helped me make that shoe did a really good job. But, you know, I think I have other things like insight that I would like to conquer. And, uh, I mean, they're going to have Stefan's shoe out forever, whatever Corey's doing and Grant and Eric now. So I don't feel like I'm like, it's not killing me that I can't do a new thing. But who knows? It might happen, you know? I get so many messages and like cool uh, comments from big, tall guys that are like, where is the Project BA? They're like, that saved my life. It was so comfortable and, and great. And like, where did it go? And, um, you know, there's politics and, and uh, you know, sales involved. Like, it's we made it with like a, a lot of expensive materials. So it was tricky to sell it. I had a pair of those. They were comfy as hell. Yeah. So uh, you just restarted your Instagram. What was going on there? What made you want to start fresh, start over? Oh, I don't know. I just thought it's kind of like making a new record or something. It's like I, I loved everything that I had in 2016. I was really happy about all the accomplishments and like meeting Lady Gaga and like posting all these cool things. And But, you know, I, I just I wanted to like I was finally free to like say all this stuff and put my boyfriend on there and all this stuff. But, um, you know, I, I just, I just wanted to like start fresh for the new year. So I just was like, I'm going to do a new thing in the new year, but it's still going to be, um, friends, skateboard video clips. I don't know. I just think like, why not? Like, why not just have all new photos? You know what I mean? It's like making a new photo album or like making a new magazine or whatever. So definitely. Do you have all your old photos? Because like I treat my Instagram like a memory log. You know what? Honestly, I'm not gonna lie. I did screen grab like everything, and then like I would scroll up and be like, okay, all right, screen grab that, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. that. But um, you know, I think being that I love to draw and make art, I was like, it just I want it to be a new thing, you know. And I think that's fun and and exciting. And I think so many people are so proud of their Instagram, which is so great and normal. But uh, I mean, why not keep people guessing? I think when you give people too much, people get tired of things, you know, so to give them a new surprise and just start over. I don't care if people stop following me or any of that shit. It's just like, I'm still going to make it rad. And I'm still going to, like, respond to people and be in tune with my Insta. But, um, yeah, just clean slate, you know, why not? <laughs> Turn up, yo. BA's Insta 2017, look out. <laughs> no limit soldier, baby. You never delete anything off software? No. Huh. So you're definitely someone who has pushed the barrier of gnarliness from welcome to hell to modus to yeah, right. Who was your motivation to skate the way you do? Wow. Uh... From the beginning, uh, Nottis Coppice, uh, Brian Lottie, Javante Turner, Mike Carroll, Rick Howard, 
uh, Ben Schroeder and so many vert skaters, you know. I mean, yeah, being that I was around in the 80s, like, I just appreciate everybody's effort to, like, do tricks the right way, you know. But I'm not, like, if I see a new kid doing some old trick, like, he doesn't do it right or he or she doesn't do it right, I'm like, I don't trip out. But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, just people that start it all, you know, like, I love that. So uh, what's next for Brian Anderson besides the Sodi party that we're going to try and sneak into? <laughs> we're going to call you when we get down there, all right? <laughs> yeah, what's next is, uh, let's see here, just being in New York and actually going to meet new people in the fashion world but still be a skateboarder and uh, because that's something I would love to pursue as time goes forward, you know. And people could perceive fashion as shallow and you know uh materialistic but uh i think that um one thing i've always thought is that um if you are able to make clothes that let people leave their house every day and become happy the way they go out into the world like i think that's actually pretty cool and besides that i'm gonna contribute my time to uh, a lot of charities um silently and um, I really want to do a lot of hands-on stuff and make food uh, for different places and try to deliver uh, food to people that are, you know, stuck at home with AIDS. And, you know, um, it sucks to even say that. Not sucks, but, uh, you know, I really, I'm really going to find out avenues to get involved to do that, man. You know, because, like, there's a lot of people that don't, you know, they don't, they can't leave their house and they're they're stuck and... You know, we need to, like, give them our, our, our help, you know, and, and that's really important to me. So that's what's next besides being a skater and going down the bike lane <laughs> and listening, listening to headphones and listening to Mob Deep and Wu-Tang. And, <laughs> yeah, there's so many things, man, you know. All right, it's going to be a busy 2017, man. Yeah. Right, y'all it's that special time you know what i'm saying once a week we get it in rapid fire with ba you ready yeah favorite skater mark gonzalez favorite video blind video days favorite video part mark gonzalez video days favorite style uh ben schroeder favorite trick frontside board slide hardest trick for you Switch back tail. Oh my god, it, I can't do that thing. <laughs> Me and you, man. Most illegal trick. Oh god, ask Jeff Grasso. He'll tell you. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Blunt slide at uh, Dolores Park. Gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed? The first thing. This is so cheesy, but uh, Tony Hawk doing the nine hundred in uh, SF at uh, X Games because I knew he had never done it, and I was just sitting there in the crowd, and I was like. Wow, but that's not the gnarliest trick. Uh, I'll, I'll say Frank Gerber dropping in in, uh, in, in North Beach. <laughs> he drops off a fence and bombs his hill, and it's just ridiculous. Or Sean Young. Sean Young, how about this? Sean Young bombing the hill in the rain in, in fucktards. <laughs> Worst bunt of your career? 
switchback tail on something? <laughs> no. <laughs> There's a roll-off uh, lip slide I wanted to do in uh, New York recently, and I just couldn't do it. But, yeah, that. <laughs> I have to wax the surface so i can wheel slide on wax and oh my god that sounds like the most sackable trick ever yeah and it's a kink too so it's insane (laughs) we hope to see that in a video part soon and that you get out without a scratch out alive (laughs) what's the one trick that got away well it didn't get away but i've always wanted to blunt slide the hubba that i board slid in la in front of a grocery store and i never got to go back and do it but i know i can do it but (laughs) <laughs> at least i did uh dolores park instead so who's your guilty pleasure skater it's not even guilty because i love him louis barletta favorite local brand uh labor favorite local skater well now somebody knew Lacey baker she lives in uh new york favorite teammate ever brandon beeble hands down Ooh. he he is so funny when after he knew i was gay like we'd be on tour and he'd just be like yelling out the all these things to me brian look at that construction worker he's so fucking hot right that's your dude (laughs) and and he still says faggot and like a lot of lgbt people would probably argue with that but i'm like i don't care like i grew up in the schoolyard brandon is not homophobic he's just he grew up in sacto you know (laughs) Beeble, if you're listening, I'm still waiting for those all-day shoes, baby. (laughs) Worst company. Bitch. What's that? Oh, they made fun of Girl, and it was like uh, Steve Rocco's brother that made it. I mean, that's the first thing that popped in my head. Worst trend. Oh, my God. Really tight pants. Even though I I love Reynolds, and I love that whole period, but yeah, like when people looked like they were a spider, like going downstairs, it was like... (laughs) It's like, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's such a good way to describe it. Worst style. Worst style, Sarah Palin. Last person you want on the sesh. Donald Trump. Oh, that goes <laughs> hand in hand with Sarah Palin. <laughs> a little political ending here. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up our interview with Brian Anderson. My man, thank you. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us today. Heck yeah. Thanks, you guys. Thanks, man. Enough respect. Hope uh, the anti-hero trip is dope. Hope the Sodi party is awesome. And uh, looking forward to next big things for BA in 2017. It's that special time of the week, the post office, brought to you by Stance Socks. I hope all y'all got what you wanted this Christmas, which was definitely your Star Wars Stance Socks, the Vaders, the Chewies, the Droids, and the Trooper 2s. And if you're extra greedy, you might have even got a box set. The Rogue One collection, the Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi, The Force Awakens. Hey, Stance Socks, the number one to keep your feet warm. And while you're at it, To match your Chewbacca socks, make sure you go get yourself some of the brand new Star Wars underwear, also available from Stance. This week, we're unveiling a new way to ask your questions on the post office. We had a couple good listeners send in some voice memos, and you can too. It's the only way to get your voice heard on the bunt. Become just as famous as me as the ghost. (laughs) Or... (laughs) 
become just as famous as me and the ghost. Oh, I'm hella famous, baby. <laughs> you know what I mean? The boxes, man. Can't even get through the front door these days. You got so much showing up. But before we get into the voice memos, a couple of these old school emails still to get through. Damn, that's some 2016 technology. That's what I'm saying. You're going to write some letters in next. Maybe a carrier pigeon. You've got mail. First one coming up from Ryan Duffy. Subject the peg. What's good, gentlemen? Avid listener and emailer. Hype for season three. Any chance either of you have skated in Winnipeg in the past? My girlfriend is originally from Winnipeg, and hopefully I'll be going over to visit at some point. Just wondering what the skate scene is like over there. I live in Scotland, so you two dudes are my only Canadian informants on the issue. Cheers and keep doing your thing. Hey man, they got a hella good scene popping over there in Winnipeg. Mike McDermott, Green Apple Skate Shop. We gonna get him on the show real soon. That's about all we know. (laughs) Never been there, either of us. All I know is it's freezing in the winter and super beautiful in the summer. So hopefully you catch a summer trip. You smell me? (laughs) And Sasha Daly shut it diesel. He kickflipped off this thing into the craziest bank of life. So uh, go get a session in on that way there. Yeah. Other than that, no. We don't really know too much about Winnipeg. Don't really uh, no plans on uh, heading over there. So tell us how it is, bro. Watch all the Green Apple videos to get hyped. All right, next up, this one's from Jeffrey Kolominski. Subject, Fantasy Pains. Dear Seifa and Dono, can't tell you how much I relate to Fantasy Woes this week. I spent the entire football season at the top of my league, only to get absolutely destroyed first game of the playoffs. How am I projected for 100-plus points, and the football gods going to do me like that? 55 points is less than (laughs) half of my season average per game. Worst part... As if I'd played Galson and Coleman, I would have actually snuck by with the win. Melvin Gordon getting injured and Fitz not producing just wrecked me. So I guess my question is this. How do you guys make the choice for who you're going to play each week? For the stars, it's obvious. They're your starters. But for the guys that sometimes put up big points and sometimes are busts, how do you make the call each week? So let me tell you first off, Jeff, you came to the right place. This is where you're going to come for all your fantasy football information from now on. Me and Seifa do hours and hours of fantasy football research before setting our lineups each week. The amount of articles and information we go through is painstaking. Probably two to one the amount of work we do on this very podcast. So it came to the right place, but sometimes there's just nothing you can do. Melvin Gordon goes out there, gets injured. You can't predict that. But you had David Johnson. So you must have enjoyed a really successful season. You may have lost in the playoffs, but hey, I do it all the time, man. You can get over it. Great advice. You can lose like Dono. Hey, I feel for you, though. I had Fitzgerald in my lineup that first week, too. But I got lucky and won because the the fool I was playing had Melvin Gordon. (laughs) Hey, man, I don't know if we want to give away our secrets on air because we have opponents in this league that listen to the podcast. So we're going to send you... Uh, a personalized email with uh, with our uh, fantasy football tools. You feel me? Much love. And I, I never thought we'd get a stranger asking about football fantasy on here. Every time we talk about it, I think everyone's probably blowing their brains out because they don't give a shit. But mad props to you, Jeffrey. Hell yeah, man. Congrats on your season. You did all right, bro. And maybe you'll be uh, our special guest listener next year in our league. You feel me? Woo! All right. Next up, we putting got up, it. Putting up 55 points in the first round of the playoffs. You're I want to go. Yeah. You're welcome. Anytime. Let me get a piece of that. <laughs> yeah, let me get a piece of Jeffrey. 
All right, next up we got an email from Joel Scullard. I think this one is uh, directed at Seifa here. Last week we heard uh, we heard about how you carried the Bosnian Beast 23 in the NBA league so far, which is a lie. Could we talk a little bit about the Bunt League and what's really good with who ran your team? Second part to this question, will you be able to survive a draft solo or are we gonna see another 03 team? And can you put some respect on my name, you feel me? Signed, Joel Scullard's team. First of all, Joel Scullard, you want some respect on your name? Why don't you come up with a team name next year? <laughs> Second, who ran my team? Yo, I'm right here, right next to Dono, and I ain't ashamed to admit, yes, he helped me draft. I watched one NFL game my whole life before this season. Two, yes, he helped me tremendously in the first four weeks as I got my bearings. You know what I'm saying? Got comfortable with this shit. But you, he'll tell you right now, I'm a straight NBA, NFL, fantasy geek of pain. And uh, I learned a lot in a short amount of time. And I made uh, the second most moves in the entire league after Donald. You want to talk about who ran my team? Yeah, Donald helped me get started, but I made it pop. I went down making my own decisions. You feel me? And uh, sadly to say, but uh, <laughs> here, here uh, Joel, if I'm not mistaken, the one player that uh, carried your team through thick and thin this year goes by the name of Melvin Gordon, someone who uh, me and Safe had talked about drafting. And then lo and behold, you uh, may have slipped in and stole him right from underneath both of us. So uh, a thanks would be nice from you too, Joel. That's all. That's right. You thought you were going to get chirp. You thought Donald was going to chirp me on here, bro. We brotherhood. I help him in basketball. He helps me in football. And we both make Joel. we both make it to the top. And by the top, I mean the playoffs. And then lose. And then I slapped you, Joel. Never forget. I got respect for you, though, Joel. You did well. You, you put it on the line this year. First time player. You did well. You made the playoffs, you know. It's uh, a little bit more to be said for than... Uh, Someone who goes by the name of Yellow Jacket Boys. <laughs> All right, without further ado, moving on from the Stone Age emails we've been getting through. <laughs> moving into 2017, a little preview of the new technology we're going to bring to you at the Bunt. Let's hit up a couple of these audio notes. First one coming in from our good friend, the great Canadian skate midget, or infamous, whatever you want to call him, Mitch Barrett. <laughs> hey, what's up, Bunt? was just wondering, why don't you guys ever have uh, girls on the show? There's girls that skate too, you know? Yeah, that's a great question, Mitch. And uh, I probably think the uh, easy answer is that we're uh, not planning to get some girls on here. But I mean, it's just a little tougher. But uh, there are definitely a few that we'd love to get up here in Studio E and pick their brain. Alyssa Steamer, Alexis Sablone, Letitia Buffoni. That's just to name a few. We got mad love for the ladies on the bunt. Don't get it twisted, Mitch. You know this. <laughs> All right, next up, we have one more audio note. This one coming up from future guest and friend of the show, Chad Dixon. Yo, what's up, The Bunt? It's your boy, Chad Dixon. I just have one question. I've been working my Switch trays for a while now, and now I'm just curious. How do I get to be a part of your guys' Switch tray crew? Do I have to make a sponsor me video, or do I have to Switch tray the biggest thing possible? Or What's up? Let me know. How's your boy? It's a great question, Chad. I mean, me, myself, I just finally perfected the switch tray and have entered the switch tray crew, but safe of being the man himself, the glorious switch tray, I'm going to have to deflect this one over to him. Well, I don't know if Donald's actually joined the crew. He seems to think he has in his own brain. Uh, he's missing one key aspect. 
and that's keeping your shoulders parallel with your board you feel me can't can't be turning them shoulders open like uh the bobbies of the world actually no his are butter now he did a massive one the other day down the blue towel too but uh no even he'll tell you yo them shoulders are wide open that's a that ain't the way to do it. If you can do it without turning your shoulders like front side, you're good. Parallel, at least five inches off the ground, shoulders parallel. If you need pointers, go watch any Johnny Layton part, any Wade Desarmo part, and my all-time favorite, any Brian Wenning part, a.k.a. the original inspiration. All right, y'all, that's going to wrap up another edition of The Post Office. Man, we love doing this, and now we've incorporated voice notes, so we hope to hear from all of you soon. That's some real talk, eh? (laughs) All right, y'all, it's time to get into the rundown. The Rundown doesn't have a sponsor yet, so all y'all out there with them big pockets, send the inquiries to thebuntlive at gmail.com. Let's pop it off. The Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports. It's the NFL Week 16 recap. Let's get it. Yo, Week 16 was crazy, yo. I heard hella fucking ambulance sirens all over the place. First off, Derek Carr suffers a broken fibula. What changes in the AFC playoff race? Well, the Oakland Raiders seemed like uh, the number one team to knock off the New England Patriots, if anyone, which uh, we all know probably ain't going to happen. But now I see the second best team. You know, I'd like to say uh, I'd like to say the Steelers, but those Kansas City Chiefs, man, they playing a nice uh, a nice team game, getting everyone involved. Travis Kelsey going over 100 yards, five straight games. They got the secret weapon, Tyreek Hill, coming out of the backfield looking like Usain Bolt. It's going to be a tough offense to contain, man. That's some real talk. I'm a big fan of KC and the Steelers, so I ain't trying to pick favorites. Moving on, Marcus Mariota also breaks his leg, ends an impressive sophomore season with a brutal injury. What does that do to my Tennessee Titans? I'm going on record. That's my team going forward, baby. Craig at Nike, if you're still listening, mad love for sending me that Titans Nike jacket. Derrick Henry and Rashard Matthews, baby. Let's get it. You know, it doesn't really do much to change this season. The Houston Texans locked up the division, all but uh, eliminating the Tennessee Titans from the playoffs. But man, what he had going on down there with them long passes to Rashard Matthews, the man can use his legs, gets out into space. The two-headed monster in the backfield of DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry. I mean, I think of uh, in this next upcoming draft and in the free agent season, if they do a little bit to upgrade their defense, you know, maybe keep them off the field a little bit. I consider them a playoff team for sure next year. Yeah, I hope so, man, because I'm going to be wearing that jacket every Sunday. Salute to service, baby. And I'm probably going to draft Rashard Matthews three rounds early. <laughs> All right, moving on down to Pittsburgh, baby. The three bad bees and their Steelers clinched the AFC North. Are they a threat to win it all? I mean, it wasn't pretty. I think they should have uh, probably went to Antonio Brown a little bit earlier in the game than they did. The man had one catch at halftime against the Ravens. I mean, the strength of the Baltimore Ravens defense is their defensive line stopping the run. So they were susceptible to uh, the deep ball and wide receivers beating them. 
So when uh, Big Ben made the change in the second half, started hitting Antonio Brown, I think it was 10 receptions in the second half. I knew it was just a matter of time before they took over and all but uh, eliminated the Ravens. You see, the only problem I have with Big Ben, Antonio, and Lev Bell being a real threat is uh, that defense is just not the real deal. And when you're going up against teams who uh, can do so to stop your offense, it just makes it a little bit tougher. So when they go up against Kansas City, and the likes of the New England Patriots. It's gonna to be tough sledding for that defense, man. What about you, man? You used to be a Steelers fan. You just uh, denounced your uh, fandom and announced that you're now a Tennessee Titans. What uh, what turned you off? I still got love for the Steelers, and it's kind of a dumb reason what turned me off. I just, Ben Roethlisberger was my fantasy quarterback, and he's so inconsistent that it would just drive me crazy. But I do have mad love for Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and even Big Ben a little when I'm watching it as a fan, not a, a fantasy nerd. The, uh, the NFL version of Hank Hill, man. It just uh, didn't do it for you, eh? <laughs> no, I actually got love for him. He looks hilarious. Um, but I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a cut my own cloth or is that even a saying and, and cut from your own cloth yeah whatever that saying is altamont still oh cut from a different cloth yeah that had nothing to do with what i was trying to say but i'm gonna be a tennessee titans man that's gonna be my number one you heard it here first and the steelers are always in my heart you heard me ben and shannon moving right on the fantasy season's over let's hand out some awards baby Who's your pick for the biggest bust of the year? Well, for me, it comes down to two people. I mean, it comes down to Todd Gurley and DeAndre Hopkins. Both of them straight bums. I'm going to put the put a DeAndre's horrible season on the back of Brock Osweiler. Not so much himself. But, I mean, just compared to where they were drafted, Todd Gurley easily a top five pick, whereas DeAndre was a back-end first-rounder. It's got to be Todd Gurley, man. That's some real talk. But I feel like he had a couple more decent games than DeAndre Hopkins this year, who I drafted in the first round. God damn, that was terrible. Me too, baby. The fact that I made it to the playoffs and smacked Joel, you know, speaks to my waiver god abilities. Who's your biggest sleeper? I mean, this one, uh, I'm going to have to give it to Melvin Gordon. Danny Woodhead went down, and we're talking about a rookie last year. Had zero touchdowns. Looked like he wasn't going to last more than two, three years in the league before he got phased out. The man came in, double-digit touchdowns, couple over 100-yard games. It was a big turnaround for Melvin Gordon. I read a story that even his mom didn't wear his, uh, didn't wear his jersey to the games until he got in the end zone, so... Uh, it's a big year for him. Wow, enough respect. Too bad he went down, Joel. <laughs> All right, who you got for rookie of the year? I think this one's easy, man. It's going to be uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, you could say make a move for Dak Prescott, but uh, in the fantasy world, there's just too many quarterbacks out there doing exactly what Dak does on a weekly basis. But, uh, I mean, there's two or three running backs out there that are uh, competing with Ezekiel Elliott, so that's an easy one. And your fantasy MVP. This one, it's, it's, it's kind of tough. You, it's, uh, I'm going to say it's between Lev Bell and David Johnson. Lev Bell missed the first three games of the year. So I'm going to have to give it to the man down in Arizona, David Johnson. I mean, if he was on your team, chances are pretty high he took home a championship. That is some real talk. Next year, I'm coming for David Johnson. First round, baby. First pick. All right, y'all, that's going to wrap up the NFL talk. We're going to slide over to the hard court, and you know we talking them Christmas Day games. First up, we had the Warriors going up against the Cavs in the Quicken Loans Arena. Safer, break it down for me. 
Um, Steph Curry keeps failing to show up. It was a highly intense game. It felt like it was game eight of the NBA Finals. I expected the Warriors to smack them just because usually the team that loses in a finals rematch in the regular season usually comes out more aggressive with revenge on their mind whereas the other team's a little more chill like yeah we got a championship we're chilling but um Steph was once again a no-show KD played like a superstar uh Clay Thompson was on fire they didn't go to him enough in the second or sorry in the fourth quarter LeBron did his thing especially in the third quarter hit four huge threes to keep them in the game And just like the NBA Finals, Game 7, Kyrie took him home. It was uh, painful for me to watch, but I knew Kyrie, as soon as he got that inbounds pass with 11 seconds to go, and it was an ISO, I knew it was a wrap. You knew where it was going, man. Kyrie, the ankle taker, brought home another one for the good guys. But like we learned last year, the Warriors blew out uh, the Cavs twice in the regular season. It means nothing come playoff time. So, you know, as, as boring as it is to know who's going to be in the finals, barring any serious injuries, I actually can't wait for the uh, trilogy. So uh, a hot topic in the offseason was a little bit about uh, KD going to Golden State, ruining the regular season. But my God, if these two make it to the finals, this will be one of the greatest finals trilogies of all time. I think we got a new Celtics-Lakers things on our hands here, man. Hey, man, if they go to the finals again, I think it would be the first time in NBA history that the same two teams meet three years in a row. The one scary thing for me is that LeBron is literally Kevin Durant's kryptonite. But I think hopefully in their second matchup of the year, Golden State gets a win at home, carries that uh, confidence into the finals if they get there. Because it ain't a cakewalk like the shitty Eastern Conference. KD is actually now 4-18 against LeBron in his career. That's terrible. That ain't going to cut it, especially when you're going to meet him in the NBA Finals. So uh, next up, we had a battle of LA, the Clippers versus the Lakers. And uh, the Clippers were without Blake Griffin, without Chris Paul. But I mean, the Lakers, strong performance. They got Swaggy P down there doing his thing. Are the Los Angeles Lakers going to make the playoffs? Hell no. If this was two (laughs) weeks ago, I'd say yes, but they just ended their 11-game winning streak, I mean losing streak, yesterday. Uh, my baby Lakers, still mad proud of them. They started the, they were in the 8th seed for a minute, maybe even the 7th, uh, and then they kind of just spiraled after some injuries. Swaggy P was out for a minute, uh, D'Angelo Russell, and uh, the schedule caught up to them. Uh, but they're still, you know, they're going to be a lottery team again, get hopefully one more good pick, and maybe next year fight for an 8th seed. That'd be sweet. Next up, a little bit of a disappointing start to the season for CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, and the Portland Trailblazers. What's going wrong so far? Oh, man. The Portland Trailblazers cannot play defense. That's their problem. Believe it or not, the Portland Trailblazers, who won a playoff series last year, came back with mostly the same squad, are dead last. They're 30th in defensive rating, and uh, they're way they're way below 500. And if they have any chance of making the playoffs, they're going to have to make some serious adjustments on D. For fantasy purposes, you have Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. I mean, you're laughing because that just means they're playing a bunch of close games and your stats are popping off. But in real life, they got some serious uh, issues to address down there. I think last time I checked, they were hanging on to eighth place in the Western Conference. Just barely do they make the playoffs. The Portland Trailblazers, well, the two teams chasing them are the Sacramento Kings and the Denver Nuggets. So don't have a lot of faith in either of those teams. Boogie's going to find a way to miss some games due to suspension this year, I have a feeling. They also rested DeMarcus Cousins, and they're not even 
They're fighting for the eighth seed and they rest their best player who they cannot ever win a game without. So they're just kind of a disgrace of an organization. Don't have any hope in them. Uh, Denver Nuggets could, I don't know, they're, I think they've won like six of 10 or something. So they're playing decent. Uh, but I think Portland gets it together more so than Denver and holds on to that eighth seed, if not uh, something a little higher. And that's going to wrap up the rundown once again. Random news and notes of the week. Go check Wade's new Instagram post. That shit was fire, yo. If you, at DGK Wade, still the one twos, regs and switch. He's Woo! got it both, baby. And as we wrap up the rundown, that's going to wrap up another episode of The Bunt. Huge thanks again to No Limit Soldier, the one and only Brian Anderson. And thank you to my good friend Safer, man. It's the holidays. We happy to be around our friends and family. Thank all y'all for listening. Yo, turn up, yo. Thank you so much, Donald, for my moccasins. Donald's got some some slippers at Studio E that I've been stealing every single week. Keep him keeping my feet toasty. So the homie brought me a secret present today that I wasn't aware about. Open it up. What do you know? An airwalks airwalk box. Inside some moccasins. So uh shouts to you, Dono, and shouts to Airwalk for still being in business. Yeah, pay less shoes, baby. We keep it 100 here at the bunt. We love all y'all. Merry Christmas and happy holidays. Alexis uh, Sabonifis. <laughs>